The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. On this morning's broadcast, we're going to be talking about two subjects. One is, of course, the tragedy that uh, happened in Nashville last week, the shooting. And we're going to be talking about how safe are our kids locally. And we have with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department, our sheriff, Michael Fitzhugh. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Martin. How are you doing? Good to have you with us. Good to you be brought here. a friend with you today. Captain Harrison, who's in charge of our school resource officer program. Good morning to you. Good morning. Also with us today is uh, our county mayor, Joe Carr. The other subject we're going to be discussing this morning, and we'll look at it first, is the situation in Reedyville. Uh, a tragic tornado hit that area, came through about uh, 2 o'clock. Yeah, it was uh, about 1.30, 2 o'clock. Um, and so <clears throat> immediately um, we had people on the ground. And let me just... Before we get any further, Bart, let me just say uh, that Rutherford County first responders, specifically law enforcement, fire, and EMS, were on the scene immediately and providing assistance uh, in search and rescue. And um, I, I tell you something, you never, you, you always think you know how good your first responders are until uh, a tragic event like this occurs. I'm going to tell you something. These men and women were lights out there was not a single fatality and not a single serious injury and when i toured there early yesterday morning the scene i can tell you that there were several houses that were literally just a pile of rubble and people crawled out of there with assistance um and it's amazing it's absolutely a miracle uh and and i i couldn't be more proud of our first responders again uh sheriff fitzhugh's office you know larry farley's office uh chris clark's ema as director office and then of course uh brian ganey the emergency medical services all all four of those departments just were absolutely splendid and um the scene got secured very, very quickly with, with help from law enforcement, well, because of law enforcement, so that uh, we could continue search and rescue, and then we could again begin uh, bringing, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, utilities back in, just to show you how quickly we were able to secure the, the area. Um, consolidate, excuse me, uh, Middle Tennessee Electric was able to return 90% of power to Readable uh, within a 24-hour period. That is absolutely phenomenal. And they went to work setting poles, getting uh, wire put back up, a three-phase wire. I mean, it just, it's amazing. And the damage done, the reports are that there were about 20 homes destroyed in that area. And some of them, I mean, completely gone. These were historical. Some yes, of them were the, historical. The, cor the corner's home was destroyed. Um, not completely, but it, it, the roof was taken off and part of the second floor is missing. The old the old mill, Reedville Mill is gone, uh, and all and then the Reed store right there at at the at the bridge and the mill entrance is gone. Uh, Tilford's lumber is gone. Uh, a number of homes on Reedville Street, which is the uh, the county line, 
uh, which I learned. I thought the county line was Stones River at that point. It's not. It's down the middle of Reedville Street. Uh, but it was a very tragic, tragic situation, <clears throat> excuse me, in Reedville. And we understand also uh, from Commissioner Pettis Reed that it first touched down in the Eagleville community and then kind of skimmed across the county until it touched back down in, um, in Reedville. Same storm then? Yes, same storm. Mike, you have seen storms and storm damage before. How, how did you, uh, what did you think about this one? Was this worse than most of them? That I mean, it was a confined area. It's a confined area, and of course, I, I was very much touched uh, back, if everybody remembers, uh, back on uh, Good Friday, I think back in 09, of course. Oh, wow. I was in that, that my house was hit, uh, along with many others, and of course, it was kind of like revisiting the scene, because we've seen, we have seen the same thing as far as houses being destroyed. Uh, very interesting, you'll see something standing next to it, not destroyed, and then another one completely gone. Uh, so it's it's very much the same thing. I think they've declared this one as an EF2 yes. uh, tornado with winds up to 130 miles an hour. Wow. Now, the other day, uh, Mayor, you mentioned that you wanted to get the governor to declare this a state of emergency. That's correct. What does that do for the people who are suffering? Well, first of all, it, it allows the county to get seek for reimbursement for the time and expense over and above what we normally do in a perform of our duties to recover those funds. And so I issued that request uh, Saturday morning, um, early Saturday morning. And so that was sent to the governors, and we're hopeful for a positive response. The challenge that this particular uh event has to our community is that the lion's share of Reedville is in Cannon County and Cannon County doesn't have the resources that Rutherford County has and for some strange reason Sheriff we can't find the county line out there we think it's somewhere east of Tassie Road so <laughs> I, I, I think they get out there and move it that's what's happening so <laughs> but we say that tongue-in-cheek because I had I, I talked to uh, several times with Mayor Mitchell of Cannon County and we're not going to let the Cannon County Rutherford County line determine our nature nature and scope of help to our our, uh, our our brother in need over there they don't have the resources that we do and obviously and, and but they're still in dire need and we're there on the ground Rutherford County knows how to respond to an incident to a tragedy we know how to do that we know how to do it <clears throat> excuse me really well we have professionals who do this who train all the time and um he he asked for our help and i said you've got it and so we're going to help them there's a vehicle in place with the governor's office that uh, through tema that allows us to recover the funds that we spend in cannon county that those get those get returned back to rutherford county so we're setting up that protocol but regardless of that R cannon county needs our help and we're going to give it all of those people need a new start i mean they're they've lost everything yeah Their it doesn't matter what county they're in they're 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 a part of that same community and there are brothers and sisters over there there are neighbors and uh you know this is the we're good neighbors this is this is what we do and I, I mean whether we got reimbursed or not we would still do it uh, but there fortunately there is a vehicle for us to get the financial reimbursement i can tell you this that bishop wagner solid waste directors already staged trucks out there to haul the debris um road commissioner um uh, 
Greg Brooks, he's already got uh, heavy equipment out there to collect the debris, to move it off site. And so, and of course, uh, uh, Sheriff Fitzhugh's department has secured the area and continues to work around the clock, making sure the area is secure from vandalism uh, or those who would uh, take, try to take an opportunity here. Uh, we will not allow that, and um, the law will be enforced very strictly in that regard, I'm sure. Now, there are a lot of people who are wanting to volunteer to help these people. How can they do that? You know, the, I know that there is a station set up through New Hope Church of Christ. And as a matter of fact, if, uh, Sheriff Fitzhugh, if you've got some information on it, that would be helpful. I know that Chris Clark has been coordinating some of that. But quite honestly, I have to apologize, Bart. I don't know who the contact person is. Can you help us on that, Mike? Well, they, they're set up at New Hope uh, Church of Christ, and uh, it's at uh, 4296 John Ray Highway or Marshall Road, as they call it, uh, in Cannon County. Uh, go there, check in, and they will issue armbands yes. to make sure uh, that they're workers. Uh, armbands are being issued to the residents in the area. Of course, one of the main things that we want to do is keep anybody from coming. Unfortunately, there are those that come in and want to loot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sightseers. There's sight a lot of people who want to sightsee and just walk, yeah. look at the damage. And now is not the time for doing that. We're trying to do right. recovery. We're trying to make sure people's possessions are secure. Uh, we're trying to make sure the place is safe. It's still not safe. So uh, if, if, if you're just if you're being curious, please don't go. And That's unfortunately, true. people do go in to try and steal things yeah. from homes. I mean, this is this happens with every tornado that well, we have. I won't speak for, for Sheriff Fitzhugh, but that won't be tolerated. It won't be tolerated. Uh, if they're caught, they will be arrested. They will be charged. And let's make a strong public image. I'll share that information. Let's let's let everybody know that these were the bad guys. Yeah, that won't be toler- uh, no that won't question. be tolerated. Uh, their picture will uh, get prominence uh, yeah. on the Savin uh, program. And, uh, <laughs> so, no uh, right is what uh, they want. No, no yeah, right is what they'll get. They'll, they'll get it. <laughs> uh, I can assure you that. Now, for people who are listening whose home was heavily damaged and, and their insurance is not going to cover all of this, uh, will there be help to take away those homes or will the debris just sit there? No, what what we're going to do is in Reedyville particularly because that's where the concentration in the area. But not just not just Reedyville. There will be opportunities for uh, Rutherford County to dispose of that debris, in, especially in, Rutherford, in Rutherford and Cannon counties. We are making it available to dispose of that debris. I can tell you this: having been on the ground down there three different times in the last two days. There are, we are really impressed with the number of volunteers. Hundreds of volunteers have showed up. So we don't have a shortage of volunteers. Uh, and there's a lot of equipment on scene. And I can tell you, it's, it's, it's running smoothly. It's going very, very well. Um, and so what, what, what's t- taking place literally is the debris is being pushed to the edge of the road. And then uh, Greg Brooks' team with the heavy equipment has got, they've got uh, track excavators, excavators with what's called a thumb, and they literally come by and pick up the debris, put it in dump trucks, take it to a staging area where it's sorted. It's got to be sorted. You got to pull the metals out and that kind of thing. And then it's, then the, it's either going to be burned if it's like green limbs and that kind of thing, uh, tree limbs, logs, that kind of thing, or metal, or the rest of it's called C&D, which will go to the landfill. Now, a lot of the families who lost their homes uh, in the Reedyville tornado uh, attempted to come in and get some of the furniture that was still usable. 
but they couldn't get in the other day because of the power lines being down. Mm -hmm. uh, will they be able to take a box truck into those roads? If they, now? if they, like Sheriff Fitzhugh said, they need to go to the New Hope Church of Christ, get the appropriate armband, an armband that's color coordinated. Uh, an armband is for your volunteer for cleanup or an armband, a different color armband is if you're an owner of property and you want access there. So that, so people know and, and law enforcement are, are going to ask to see your armband. So please do not be offended by that. They're trying, we're trying our best to keep those who are not supposed to be there out of there. And that's probably going to last for a good while because unfortunately people take advantage of other people for a good while oh no question it'll last until the area is cleared and uh we get it all go ahead yeah. and, and you know, we're gonna let people through but uh one of the main things of course I've, I've been out there and the power lines were down on the road they're getting all that off mm -hmm. talk uh, a little close pull the mic up real close okay. to you if you want uh, there we go. Better? better All right. Much better. And uh, so power lines have been uh, gotten off the road, and they've gotten power, as the mayor said, the power has been restored. And uh, so as soon as it's all clear, it is safe. Uh, people have gotten in, gotten their goods out, then it'll be opened back up. County Mayor Carr, when you were there the other day, Saturday morning, yes, yes, sir. Uh, the first comment I believe you made was it looks like a bomb oh. has gone off and this place is, Reedyville is gone. Parts of it were leveled. I mean, literally leveled. Um and a little quick story, going down Readable Street, if you go down, if you go down Old Woodbury Highway, what I call Old Woodbury Highway, and you know where the post office is right there on the right before you get to the bridge, just on the corner, it's called Readable Street. And it, just before you get to the bridge, but right there at the post office, you turn right and go down Readable Street. Well, Readable Street, come to find out, your, your county mayor just learned, is actually the property line, not the river at that point. It's the river on the other side of 70, but not right there. So the Canyon Rutherford County, county line runs right down the middle of Readable Street. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, you go about 200 yards down Readable Street, and there is a house, or what was a house, which literally is a pile of rubble. You would have thought that <clears throat> this was a place where a dump truck dumped or dump truck dumped a bunch of debris and piled it up and it was scooped up but it's it was what's left of a house before any equipment got out there this is where an elderly later an elderly lady and her autistic son were found alive with only minor injuries minor injuries 30 yards less than 30 yards across the street is a house that's intact her neighbors to her left and to her right their houses were totally destroyed so the randomness of, the, of this particular tornado was just, it was, it was beyond description. But these houses were leveled. They were, it, looked like a, it looked like a bomb went off in that area. And it's, a, it's absolutely a miracle, Bart, that nobody was seriously injured or killed. I mean, it, it, it truly is. We are very blessed that uh, there were no fatalities. Reedyville has a lot of local history. They do. In fact, it was considered at one point to be uh, considered for our county seat. That's right. And the house, the corners right there, uh, that has the county line running right through the house. That's correct. That's and you, correct. You know what happened to that guy? I, I do. <laughs> and I know I found out the history on that this past week. Share, share that with. Well, me. they understand. The understanding was in Cannon County, they this guy was a politically powerful figure, and he was wanting to run for uh, some particular office. I'm not sure what the office was, and his 
his detractors, I guess is the way the best way to put it, didn't want him being successful, so they moved the county line so it would run through his house so he couldn't run for office. <laughs> and, and he paid taxes in both counties. Exactly, exactly. So He'd wake up on Cannon County and, and eat breakfast and, in Rutherford. And it's been documented, as I understand it, that the corners, that house is a place where Andrew Jackson stayed. Um, so it, it dates back to uh, 1812, as I understand it. So Wow. And so, was that totally gone, or was it the, just... No, the roof is gone. The the A lot of the exterior brick is still intact. Uh, we've got pictures. i got a picture of the house on my personal Facebook page that I posted, and also would go to the Rutherford County uh, Facebook page to get, if, you, if your listeners are liking, some photos of the uh, of the scene. So, Reedyville had a lot of history, and, oh. and, and it was a relatively small community. But it's pretty well destroyed now. Well, the, well, let me, if I may, let me correct you in that. Sure. Uh, our community, unfortunately, our community is not defined by structure and buildings. Our community is defined by the people who live there. And I know Sheriff Fitzhugh mm-hmm. shares this with me. We're going to do everything we can to rebuild the buildings to make sure that those buildings and facilities and infrastructure support the community but the community is defined by the people who live there and it's our hope and intent that they would like to stay because we want to help them rebuild their lives very definitely it is the people and those people are obviously very strong they were out there early and they were getting uh helping each other so i saw two things um i saw the resolve and the strength of the people um, there, it, it's it's amazing. And the, and the second thing I saw that I never get tired of seeing is Bart. There's a reason why uh, Tennessee is the volunteer state, and you see, you witness it and see it every single time an event like this, a tragic event like this occurs. I mean, ten, there's something unique that runs in the veins of Tennesseans that you, it's unique from any other place in the country, and that's this spirit of volunteerism. And we, we, we run to the fight. We run to the tragedy. We run to the event to give aid and assistance. And, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but I, we, I talked to uh, Sheriff Fitzhugh about that the other morning in, revol- in regard to the Covenant School shooting and you know my remarks and my questions about that. And I'm, I'm so confident and comfortable uh, with the preparation they have with regard to that and with regard to tra- tragic events like this because – the basis for that training begins with the willingness and the desire to run to people's aid when they're in distress. And that's what happened over the weekend. Um, and I have no doubt that it going forward, it will always happen. Now, Mike, you were mentioning about uh, the Reedyville Mill, which was built about the same time same the time. Corners was built. Uh, and you said it's gone, but there are parts of the restaurant that are still there is the mill just totally gone the, from what i saw it's gone uh there's nothing there it's all collapsed, it's in, collapsed on itself. in on itself yeah. so and, wow. and i and i spoke to the mill owner saturday and their intent is to recover and restore the mill well, we just got to find out uh if if rutherford county and can assist and to what extent we can do that that is a big part of our history it is yeah uh, i'm sorry Mark. Go, go, ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead no you're fine uh, I, I was just agreeing with him. Yes, <laughs> but it, it is, and it does, again, that's the county line runs right, right through there. So to me, it doesn't matter a whole lot. 
uh, that it's Cannon County. Obviously, we want to respect Cannon County. Uh, that's their authority, so we're going to respect that. But if that's something that we can aid in, I would like to find out how we can do that. And before we change subjects and, and move forward again, how can volunteers, what can they do? How do they hook up with somebody? They go to New Hope Church of Christ at 4296 Mercerville Road or John Bragg Highway and check in. At that point, there's people there that will check them in. They will get an armband. Uh, I think it's red today. Uh, that will allow them in the area, and they'll be assigned uh, various tasks that need to be done today. Okay, so that can be done. And uh, any particular hours that they uh, that, that is open? Well, as far as the debris removal and everything going on today, of course, it's going to be on daylight hours. It's too light, too dangerous at night. So. Okay, and the the Red Cross is out there yes. with meals and things of that sort. Yeah. All of this uh, happening in Reedyville. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back, and we'll look at the schools and our students. The schools are closed today. The teachers are there. All the faculty is there, and they're having a training session. We'll see what's happening there. Stay with us. News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. What do you like most about Adam's Place? My apartment. I love my apartment. It's roomy and I've got lots of books and I've got room for everything and my little dog likes it. So we're happy in my apartment. We're talking with Betty Kirksey. The people are nice. Everybody that works here, I have found it. They're really nice. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. This is Peter Demas, inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we've got the best drum and percussion brands in the world. Ludwig, Gretsch, Pearl, Yamaha, Zildjian, Meinl, DW. We've got a great lesson program for guitar, bass, drums, piano, and more. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi. Give us a call, 615-893-4242 to get started. Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. It's now time for the Commissioner Corner with County Commissioner Craig Harris. We were shocked and disgusted with the mass shooting and killing of three children and three adults at the Covenant School in Nashville. Our hearts are broken, and no one can even imagine the pain and loss of the loved ones involved. I prayed for them, and I hope they find some peace and understanding. Like most of you all, I hinged on every detail. What? When? How? Why? And all I hear in the media is gun control. Republicans with blood on their hand, Trump, and every other Democrat echo chamber. I was furious, and I haven't even got the names of the victims in the media's playing the sensationalism card against every side. Sensationalism is a tactic used in an attempt to gain an audience's attention. Media outlets resort to the use of shocking words, exaggeration, 
and sometimes blatant lies, appealing to the emotions, being controversial, intentionally emitting facts and information, being loud and self-centered and acting to attain attention. It is insanity and it divides our country. In today's society, media sensationalism has become the norm. Journalism, in particular, has become the biggest perpetrator of sensationalism. To appear more dramatic and exciting, the truth is frequently exaggerated, all in the name of increasing ratings or likes. During the difficult economic times, sensationalism has become more prevalent in the media. Stories involving mass killings and sex scandals has taken over our TV and internet screens as well as the front page of our newspapers. The media bias and sensationalism has been used as a sort of escapism for readers. Although it may seem sensationalism has just started making waves, it has been around for decades. One of the biggest uses of sensationalism is headlines. When you're looking at a magazine, website, or newspaper and see those big, bolded words, they attract your attention. News and media outlets know that headlines attract readers, so they use this to their advantage. Oftentimes, headlines feature an over-exaggerated display of events. With the right wording, the most mundane thing can be blown out of proportion. One of the favorite tactics of sensationalism is fear-mongering. Fear-mongering is the act of intentionally playing with the fears of others to arouse fear or anger, another sensationalistic tactic. Media outlets will play on the fears of others in order for them to notice the content, such as banning assault weapons will stop all mass killings. Once you get someone's attention, then you know you can weave your way through a very convoluted and probably impossible argument and make it appear more reasonable. The thing about sensationalism is that it actually works. It is clickbait, a term that has been popularized to define content that is intentionally made to attract viewers and lure them into clicking a link. This tactic is a perfect example of sensationalism in the digital age. While readers or viewers may get annoyed when they open a sensationalized article only to find the contents lack any of the substance promised by the headline, this ultimately does not affect the people who make these. The article will still get interaction which leads to receiving more ad revenue since it is popular. Sensationalism not be going anywhere. It is too engraved in our society. It will always have a complex relationship between the people consuming the content and the people producing it. Our best approach is to be cautious of this content and try to see through the lies that are being presented to us. This reminds me of a saying, if we don't read newspapers, we are uninformed. If we read newspapers, we are misinformed. There lies the problem. This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner's Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's C-C-O-T-I-N-C at Comcast.net. The Wake Up Crow, weekday mornings, 6 to 7.50. W-G-N-S, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. The action line continues from WGNS. And on this segment, we're going to be looking at our Rutherford County schools. How safe are Rutherford County students? 
Sheriff Mike Fitzhugh is with us, the head of the SRO team, Captain Brad Harrison here also, and our County Mayor Joe Carr. Of course, this all came to light. Our concern on that came to light uh, mainly last week when tragedy occurred in neighboring Nashville, uh, school shooting there at one of the Christian schools. What uh, do you think, uh, Sheriff, that this was because the school was not a public school and that it may have had uh, not a whole lot of security there? I don't think that had anything to do with it, honestly. Because uh, I've heard a lot of people talking. That's no, good to hear that. No, though. this was an individual that, for whatever reason, uh, had a connection out to that school, uh, dissatisfied with something that set them off. And uh, as far as security or not, uh, I don't think they had anything to do with it. Uh, in fact, that school absence security uh, was probably uh, as in tune to safety of the students as, uh, from what I've heard uh, of drills that they've done and so forth at that school. So uh, I think the uh, unfortunate the loss of life of the individuals that they did uh, it could have been much worse uh, if the teacher hadn't taken action that they did. Our head of the school resource officers program, Captain Brad Harrison is with us, and uh, school resource officers, I guess, would be the first line of defenders against someone coming in with an active shooting situation. You're there on the scene. How important is that? Uh, it's, it's very important. Uh, this fall will mark our 30th year of having SROs in the schools, thanks to uh, Sheriff Truman Jones and the county commission at the time. Uh, implementing that system and putting officers, uh, certified law enforcement officers in the schools. Um, we were the first in the state to do it. We are a trendsetter and one of the first in the southeast to do it. And it's just grown from there. Well, of course, last week the Rutherford County schools were closed because of spring break. And so this week the school superintendent decided this may be a good day to close for students but have it open for all the faculty all the paid staff all being at work regular hours and they're going to be doing some safety drills throughout the day today uh, do you do those on a normal basis or is this sort of a special catch-up uh, in keeping with what was learned last week in nashville well we we, we look at um those type of incidents and analyze them but we practice regularly our sros train their, their faculty and staff regularly on how to react to an all hazard approach i mean it, whether it's weather or an active aggressor so this is actually the, the week prior to spring break um each semester we, we do two or one major drill and the, the sros develop the drill and facilitate it and then analyze uh, how the faculty and the students react to it. Now, of course, Bart, if I could, if I can interject sure. for just a second, if you don't mind, I apologize. Uh, but I, I think what your listeners might want to understand is how this came, how this came about is. So I was on that Monday morning, I think the fall or no, excuse me. No, that Monday morning, last Monday, when we had the show here and we were scheduled to talk about something and I, said let's let's call when i came in i said can we call an audible i had i'd spoken to sheriff mike on the way in and i asked i asked mike i said uh mike um i said 
is the is the response from the Metro Metro Nashville Police Department a typical response for our law enforcement? I said because there's a real contrast between the response of law enforcement. Again, I'm, we're not trying to denigrate, but we do comparative analysis. There's a difference response between law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas, where they waited and waited and waited, and then the response by Metro Nashville Police Department, where five officers, literally five, secured the scene and rushed in, not waiting but rushing it, understanding the situation in the moment. I said, is I said, knowing full well that RSROs would do something quite similar, I said, did the training, and I specifically asked, did the training, is the training different as a result of Uvalde? Did we do something to our training to increase or make sure that our law enforcement knew the urgency of the situation? And, and, and I'm going to let Mike share with you that response because I, I, I think the point, one of the things that I want to get across to your listeners, if you don't mind, is that our law enforcement in Rutherford County understands the seriousness and gravity of the situation and i was quite comforted in his response to me which is why we ultimately called that absolutely so mike if you'll just share that if you don't mind because i think that's important well i think the important thing to know is that we do train and uh, we train to go in we don't train to sit around and wait uh, and whatnot uh, so all of our training is based on that. Uh, as Brad just said, that uh, we just got through with safety drills in all of our schools uh, during the month of March. In addition to that, uh, we train with Nashville. So the training that they get uh, is the same training we get. Uh, we train with them. Uh, we share our lessons uh, learned on, the, on both sides. Uh, so we're very active with them. Uh, when they have situations, we're put on standby. Uh, there's times that we respond on mutual aid, and they do the same with mm-hmm. us. So uh, I'm very confident uh, that uh, there's no waiting around. We will go in. Now, of course, that is very comforting to know that we're going to be that way. But we've pretty well made that impression on the community and the areas around us, not just with this school situation, but we've had uh, marches on the town square and things of that sort, Uh, the sheriff's office, the Murfreesboro Police Departments, uh, and other law enforcement agencies have joined together and quickly acted. That's exactly right. And and I think, again, going back to something I referenced earlier, there's something unique here in Tennessee, especially unique about those men and women who put on the uniform every day they know uh as unlikely as it may be there's still a chance that they're going to be asked to put themselves in harm's way and they knowingly and willingly do that that that's a but that's a mindset that is not unique to law enforcement it's among all tennesseans it's just another level of concentration because what what Sheriff Fitzhugh and, and Captain Harrison are talking about is we t- we take that what we take that volunteer spirit and then we train it, mm-hmm. we discipline it, we make sure that under incredible tense, pressured, stressful situations, we allow the training to take over. And that was the nature of my question to Sheriff Fitzhugh understanding that all of us have this desire to rush we talked about that last Monday. i'm going i care i have a concealed carry i carry and i would gladly willingly rush in like you would no hesitation 
But the difference between you and I, Bart, and between these two gentlemen, is they're trained to deal with a very stressful situation, and that's very comforting, and that's, that's the conversation that Mike and I had. I think everybody was thinking this was a, a private school, the security wasn't as good, I bet the doors were unlocked, but the cameras showed the doors were locked. They were locked. They were shot in from the intruder, in, and that's probably what would happen here also. There's no question. I mean, it's almost impossible to foolproof uh, the safety as far as being able to get into a facility. Uh, if you have intent, uh, there's going to be a way to do it. Uh, our intent on our side is to prevent it as much as possible, be prepared for it, and to respond very quickly. Uh, the school resource officer is the first line of defense. Uh, they're on re- constant radio contact with the rest of us. Uh, if they need help, uh, which we've had some situations where a fight or whatever broke out, then, uh, you know, the troops are coming very fast. What could we do to make it even safer, to reduce the risk of it continuing on for a longer period of time? Well, I, I think the idea that there are soft targets out there is something that we need to always consider and evaluate. But I, I can't help, and again, uh, Captain Harrison and Mike can address this, I think ultimately you have these kinds of characters like we had in Nashville. Ultimately, they're cowards, and they're looking at, I mean, the target, I mean, it's even, it's hard to say, much less, the target was young children. It it just so happens the adults got in the way and rushed to the aid of the children, but don't misunderstand who the targets were. They were nine-year-old kids, and so it just shows you how weak and fragile this person was who went in there to kill young children and so they're not they're not they're they're cowardly so we if if we can have like with the sros it known that these sros are there to protect these children and that if if you if you intend on violence you will have you will have violence returned upon you in a very forceful meaningful and permanent way and i think that's what we need to demonstrate that we're going to protect our children at all cost. There have been comments about having the teachers trained and armed. What do you feel about that, Sheriff Fitzhugh? I have a problem with that in some respect. Uh, the SRO may be familiar with your teachers, but the SRO is there by himself. Uh, when the other officers arrive, they do not know who the teachers are. And they see some armed subject uh, come out in the hallway uh, it could not be a good outcome. Uh, it's, I think it's a very it's a dangerous situation. I know there's arguments on both sides of the fence on that. But you've got to understand that we've got police and fire and everybody else responding. But the police are going to be the first ones to go in, our deputies. They do not know these people. And uh, I, I'm, I, for one, if I don't know somebody and I see somebody run around the hallway with a, with a weapon, then, you know, unfortunate accident could happen there. Now, do we need more SROs? Do we need more deputies? How quickly could we get them? Now, on let me seats? jump in here. This is budget season, Bart. <laughs> this is not the appropriate time to ask that question. A very I thought good, money is we and I haven't met yet. A very good lead-in <laughs> question. Money is no object. <laughs> Way to go, Bart. Yeah, I need I need a lot more deputies and a lot more SROs. <laughs> of course he does. I'll pay you later for that one. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> oh. Oh, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're going to pause for just a moment. We will be back and continue the conversation. Stay with us. 
Eastern News Radio, WGNS, 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. I am very pleased with Adam's Place. All the people are very kind. I've got everything I need. And the caregivers come in and say, what can I do for you? Or do you need anything? We're talking with Betty Atterbury. Adam's Place, one of the best places in Rutherford County. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. We are back again. Want to use every second of this time, a very important topic right now. The schools are closed today, the Rutherford County schools, at least closed to the students, but they are open for training of teachers, of SROs, uh, anybody involved, all the, and I guess that's important. Uh, as I learned about what was happening in Nashville, it was amazing how quiet those kids were. They were hiding, they were totally quiet, and people were going down the halls with the body cams and everything, and you could see, you could hear what was going on. You wouldn't have thought anybody was there, but they were all there quiet. Uh, that took a lot of training. And are the kids involved in training here? Do they get involved? Yes, they get involved. We have a, a system in place where the, the SROs uh, talk and teach the kids how to react to different scenarios. And for an active aggressor, we have a program called Hide, Hide Fight, or Flight, which teaches them... Uh, either to shelter in place or if there's uh, imminent danger and they, and they can escape to go ahead and, and, and flight. Um, also, especially with the middle and high school kids, if somebody comes into the room or breaches uh, an area where they're at, that's where the fight comes in. And we teach them use anything at your disposal to try to take down that, that, that aggressor. So... As you look at some of the things that are happening uh, in the training programs, uh, are there? Tell us a little about that and, and some of your other thoughts uh, on making the kids safe. Well, the, our program's always been progressive. Two years before Columbine, we started the the active shooter training and about going direct to the threat. And uh, when Columbine happened. We were asked to go across the nation and teach how we we do things and how our officers are going to respond. I just want to let the parents know that when you drop your kid off, these SROs are vested in your children. They become their children, so they're not going to hesitate to react and and try to stop any threat. 
Yeah, I think we really should be very proud of our school resource officer program. And uh, when when it initiated, back when Truman Jones uh, was the sheriff, uh, it was right in the headlines of the news all across the nation. Well, let me add that. It, of course, it was 1993 when uh, it was instituted in Rutherford County. And one of the things I'm very proud of, and Brad has not mentioned this, but uh, I'm proud of it. We are getting calls, he is, from across the nation right now from other sheriff's offices and police departments uh, asking about our program and asking what we do and how we train. Uh, also, the state of Tennessee has contacted us and uh, is using our program as a model. Uh, so uh, I want to say to everyone out there, we have a good program. It's been in place for a long time. It's been improved every year. And so we are very, very uh, passionate about protecting our children. Uh, I want to say that uh, while the SROs train uh, on safety drills and whatnot, uh, our patrol officers also train with them. And uh, about two, two and a half years ago, we trained with every police agency in this county, with fire, with emergency medical service, with emergency management agency. And we went through about two and a half weeks where everybody came in and we went through drills just exactly like this. Uh, so we trained very heavily on this. Now, when you're looking at placing SROs at schools, do you determine how many are needed by the school enrollment? Or do you say one SRO per school? I'll let Brad address that. Yeah, it's, it, de- it depends on population of, of the school and then the um what type of activity they have there as far as if there is any criminal activity. But every school will have an, an officer there. A lot of the major high schools we have two at and possibly looking at increasing in the future, um, especially in, <coughs> in the pod school areas where such as Blackman Elementary, Middle and High School, having somebody that can freely roam. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about the schools where you have elementary, middle school, and high school. Well, you've got big population. Yeah, big populations. And, of course, we, as Brad says, uh, one in each of those schools, two in the uh, high schools. But if you look at our high schools, that's a huge population and growing every year. And so uh, it's one of the things that we're taking a very hard look at. And we uh, were talking about the community of Reedyville. We're talking about high schools that have populations much larger. Oh, yeah. The population of a typical high school in Rutherford County now is, you know, 2,500 students. And um, I just, you know, I know Mike and I have a really good working relationship. And I want the listeners to know that he and I both take very, very seriously the protection of of our children, especially while they're in school. And because they're under our care at that point, we're responsible for them. Um, and so we're going to make sure that our kids have the resources necessary to feel safe so they can complete their studies. We have about a minute left in our broadcast this morning. Is there any additional message that we need to get out to the public, to the parents, to let them know, yes, their kids are safe? I think the main thing we want to tell everybody, uh, we train very heavily. Uh, we're prepared in the event of something like this happens. Uh, my heart goes out to Chief Drake because he's dealing with something now that I hope I never have to. But we're ready. We're ready. Like. We are ready. Captain Harrison? Uh, it's, it's, 
talking about response, but we also work a lot on prevention yes. and, and doing the, the outside and the perimeter checks, and, and we pray a lot, too. Amen. <laughs> We're going to take care of our kids. We're going to take yeah. care of our community, and I'm just really proud um, that they get the training and that the call that I made to Sheriff Fitzhugh last week was we've, we've been there, done that, and we do it every day. Yeah. And before we leave again, let's uh, reiterate about volunteers needed in Reedyville today. Where do they go? Uh, if volunteers want to go, uh, help at New Hope Church of Christ, 4296 Murfreesboro Road or John Bragg Highway, uh, and check in. Special thank you today for our guest, Sheriff Mike Fitzhugh, with us today, and SRO Captain Brad Harrison, along with our County Mayor, Joe Carr. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Hey, have a super rest of the day. Stay with us. Paul Newman is next. The Paul Newman.